All right, so just by talking, seeing how many people have need healing in their bodies and things like that, and all the things that have been going on in this year, God said this is going to be a year of breakthrough. When you hit something, I always think of like when I break something, it's going to be a hammer. It never feels good. You know, it's not Laffy Taffy. It's not just bending it, right? Things have been breaking and it can be painful. It can be annoying. It can be like the little kid in the corner going, Mom, 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 Mommy, Mom, 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 Mom. What? You know, right? What do you want from me? And God's like, oh, I'm just building on your character, okay? Love you. Because God, oh, he, you know, he never gets, and you know, he, you, can, you can say dad forever, and he'll be like, what do you want? Because that's who he is. So, so we're going to talk about desert seasons. Yay! Oh, wait, no, but that didn't sound very. Yay, desert season. Okay? Yeah. Nobody, when I say, when I say oasis seasons, everyone's like, yes, I want to be there. No. Desert seasons, yay! So, why do I get excited about that? Because only in the desert does real character building take place. Oh, now everyone's going to be like, I can't wait for my next desert season. (laughs) I've lived in there. My oasis is a really small environment. (laughs) Real far distance, right? Has anyone been there? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Amen. I'm going to say that to myself. So I'm going to, if you want to read with me, or you can just listen to my voice. I know it's just beautiful. but um, I'm going to read in Hebrews 12 and jump down to 7. It says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not a legitimate, not a true son or daughter at all. Moreover, We have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respect them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of the Spirit and life? They discipline us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplined us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Yay, discipline! Yeah. My children don't do that when I discipline them. They're not like, yay, mom! Mom's disciplining us. Way to go, mom! Right? Do your kids, please give me a spanking today. I've just been waiting for it all day. I've been thinking about it. You know, I know I did all these things that I shouldn't have done. And all day at school, I'm like, I can't wait to get home till my dad. I can't wait till my dad gets home. My mom gets home. They're going to discipline me. I don't think that's how we respond, right? No. no. We're like, how do I lie to get out of this? <laughs> Who can I push this blame to? I don't, you know, my kids, they're in trouble. They only have one sibling. I had eight. I could go through eight different excuses. <laughs> you know? Eight different people. I could pass the buck eight times. You know, we do have a lot of animals. I guess they could pass it off. You know what I mean? Like, we're thinking, how do I lie that my mom won't know? I can't be looking at her. I can't talk. I have to, like, write a letter. You know, I remember, I'm going to tell you guys a lie that I did. I I think my mom knows about this now, but I waited, like, 15 years to tell her because um, I waited until she got rid of the car. So when I was uh, 16, 
I went to the movies with my then boyfriend. Um, he couldn't drive because he was an exchange student from the Netherlands. And um, we're driving the movies, and like, I'm just learning to drive, you guys. And my mom had the big old Bonneville. <laughs> so I pull in, there's this big truck, okay? And it's really high, and I hear crunch the front corner. I like went under the bumper, and I was like, <gasps> what do I do? And I'm like, I'm like, let's just go park on the other side of the parking lot, because that's what I'm thinking I'm not doing. So then I get home, and I think, okay, if I park on the far side of the parking, uh, the driveway, my mom will come out. She can't see over here. So all I got to do is take it to school one time and say, somebody hit me in the parking lot. So I take it to school the next day, and it's good, and I get home. And so then I park it where it normally is parked. What happened to the car? I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody must have hit me while I was parked there. You know those dumb teenage drivers. I said, not like me, Mom. I'm a good driver because I passed, like, with 100% of my driving test. It's good. I didn't say I still could pay, you know, because I practiced a lot in my driveway. So my mom definitely didn't think it was me because I was not a wild child. And my mom was like, I just can't believe that. You know what? Next time you need to park the car over here. So this was when I was in high school, and um, Lana was, we had a storm when Lana was born. And I was at my mom's house, and a tree fell on her car. Yes! Finally! <laughs> Finally she gets rid of that car, right? So then I can tell her because there's no repercussion for me. So I didn't, I mean, I was married. I had two children by the time I told my mom the truth. So she's all mad thinking that people at heart can't drive and their kids, they don't train their kids up well. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, I remember that. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah. And she's just like, well, we can't do anything about it. The car's gone. I'm like, that's my thought. So, you know, you, we think about how to get out of being disciplined because I think I worked all summer. I have a lot of money in my bank account. If mom knows I did it, I don't have a lot of money in my bank account, <laughs> right? You know, so we think about that. But you know what? That taught me how to lie. I lived in fear that my mom was going to find out that it was me. I mean, how bad is that that I was married with two kids before I could tell my mom? Because I was afraid of discipline. So then I actually just put myself in a, a place of fear and anxiety for how many years that my mom would find out and I got to live there, you know, when the discipline would have been like, oh, that's a bummer. Just letting you know I'm going to go take that out of your bank account. Have a good day. It would have been done. I wouldn't have had to think about it. So, because when something's too hard, we often draw back. We don't want to go through that through that, right? We're like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is, uh, this is going to be bad. Like going to the gym, it's like, oh, I really need to, but that hurts. It hurts. And whenever I do those jump box things, I think I'm going to miss this time. I'm going to fall. And that's when everyone's going to be looking at me. It'll be like the window people driving by. Oh, look at there, Sarah. She just fell on her face. That happens to me a lot. I don't know why God, like, I think that's part of you know, God's like, you know, you're funny when you fall, so I'm going to let people see that. <laughs> give, them a, give them a perk for their day. Um, <laughs> but see, but in those seasons, you know, we gather and planning for the next generation. When we, those, we need those seasons, it says that will bring you to harvest, right? When I read in Hebrews, it will bring heat, it will bring, you will receive a harvest, you will receive peace. Without a harvest, you don't have seeds for the next generation, now, don't be raising your hands, but we know some people raise their kids. 
And those kids, you're like, that kid needs a spanking, the parent needs a spanking. I'm going back to the grandparent and spanking them. I mean, because they've never heard no. You know what I mean? Never been disciplined. We don't say no. I'm like, I can tell. I can tell you don't say no. So we, we steal those seeds for the next generation. They don't know how to, to submit to the Lord because we took those. Because it's from the harvest that the seeds that scared, that character grows. I never again parked, I would park like any time when I drove my mom's car after that. You know what? I, need, I did not park anywhere that anyone could bump me or I could bump anybody ever again. I needed to learn from that. You know, I put my own discipline on there like, I'm not going through that again. Character is what shapes our future. Because um, people are really just going to do as we do, not as we say. They're never going to do what we say. Because, because the world has made talk cheap. Lies are easy. We learn that. I mean, Adam and Eve, they lied to God. How'd you think you're getting away with that one? Our sin nature is to lie, cheat, steal. So when we tell somebody something, they're thinking, okay, I'll see it when I believe it, right? So God's like, I need to build character. It's through hardship that kind of makes us stronger, increases our faith. It propels us forward. You don't hear No, there you go. You know, what about people who always, always have joy? Always happy. I did meet one girl, but I think she was delusional. In high school, she walked like this. Her face probably hurt from smiling. And she had this backpack in her ponytail. Swing. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she had this bell. This little teeny, like, fairy bell. So everywhere she ding, 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 Up and down the hall, up and down the hall, up and down the hall. And for some reason, she liked me. And she would follow me everywhere. And I would get so mad. And you couldn't be mean to her because she is so nice. As soon as I was like wanting to tell her, I was like, I got you this candy bar in the shop because you're like my best friend. I'm like. <sighs> so she had this bell. And she'd take this little bag. Like back, we had these like mini backpacks back in the 90s. We thought they were cool. They're not. Um, <laughs> and she had like one of those little backpacks. So, her so she could bring it to class. Ding, 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 ding. So we were in class, you know, in a class where I was a good student, but I also had, I learned that I had influence very early. Now, I didn't necessarily know how to use that in a positive way. So I could get away with things that I should have never got away with, with teachers. So if any of my former teachers here, I am sorry that I manipulated you. You know, because, you know, I smile and I'm funny. And so they're like, oh, she, you know, she's just a nice kid. And I was a nice kid. So this girl comes into the classroom and her backpack's sitting there. And I thought, I'm going to rip that bell off. I'm going to smash it and throw it in the So I did. I was like, yes, she didn't see me. You know, I'm like, the whole rest of the day, I didn't hear ding, ding, ding. It was wonderful. So the next day, 
I'm at my locker and I hear ding, 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 ding. She had a whole bag of them. She just, every time. So this went on for a week. I ripped the bell off. She put a new bell on. And I thought, what in the world? She just knew how to be happy, you know? And I was mad because I didn't know how to be there. I knew how to be tough and miserable and make everyone around me just do what I wanted. It did not make me happy. So there's no faith in those times. We don't have to access our faith when we have every need met, when our body is healthy, when everything just goes good all the time. We don't have to have faith in that. It's already happening. God, I'm believing that you... Oh, wait, my finances are already taken care of. I'll talk to you later, God. It's okay, I got this. It's through hardship that makes us that... It gives us that strength. So how... So why does a loving God allow us to go through hard things and pain when he does have the capacity to relieve it? He didn't do it, but he has the capacity to relieve it. Why does he let us go through those deserts? I don't want to go in the desert. I like water. I do like sun, but it needs to be accompanied by a large body of water. Right? Because there's no faith, no character in the lush green seasons. You're just a baby. Everybody does everything for you if you live in those seasons. If anything comes against you, you know, we get hurt, we get offended. We don't know how to get through hurt and offense. We stay in that spot forever because nobody told me how to because I don't know how to do anything for myself because everyone's taking care of me. You can't grow there. There's no movement. There's no seeds to sow. There's no harvest. It's always lush and green, always producing fruit there. Always taken care of. Strength cannot be built there. You know, I always think, you know, and when I think of the oasis, I think of, you know, like people fanning you with the big palms and you're just laying there eating grapes. You are not going to build any muscle. You've seen Wally? Yeah. That's what happens. You know, you're just being waited on. Every need is just coming to you. Oh, move me over here. And they pick up that, what, does anyone know what those are called? They carry them on? No? Come on, guys. Carry things. That's technical term. You know, I want to go over there. You know, in that way, it says everything, everything is met. Can't build strength in that. Living there brings the spirit of entitlement, makes you boring. You don't have any influence in that. Right? You can't, if someone's struggling somewhere, you can't be like, you know, I went through this and this is what happened and God, you know what I mean? You don't have any influence. They're like, you don't know my life. Shut up. You're the bell girl. I want to punch you in the face. Right? Because everything's perfect. And her life was not perfect. She's a nice person. Um, But you know what I mean? In that moment, you think, well, your life's perfect. Now, we do need that little oasis once in a while. We need to get refreshed. We need some restful moments, right? We need to be like, God, no more breaking. No more... I know you want me to grow, and I promise you that I'm telling my mom the next time I bust up one of her cars, which I didn't ever do again, so. But there's always room. There's, not, there's no testimony there. That's your rest. When you're in those nice green areas where just everything is just good, and you're just, you know, going through the flowers, just yee, woo, you know, that's great. 
Rest in there. Enjoy that because that oasis is small and you're going to the next desert because God says, what I want you to do in the next season, you're going to need some character for. Because you can't get offended and hurt and sit over here crying like a baby. Because there's going to be some things coming against you that your character, you can't be like, oh, I went to this church and they hurt me and I'm never going to church again. How many people, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church because these people, well, you're a these people to somebody else, okay? Y'all have been. I have been. I am these people to probably more than you, so if you're hurt or offended, I'm telling you, get in your desert season, get some character. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm in your life to help you build character. If I'm your character builder, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I'm in my oasis right now. <laughs> You guys, this is hilarious in my head. I hope you're hearing it the same. (laughs) By that, I think you guys are. Or you're like, oh my gosh. Either way, I don't care. Don't tell me. I like it. So, so, if, if we're living there, your life is so good. You're so healthy. You know, your finances are great. You have great friends. You have great family. You're educated. You know, there's, there's no room to believe for anything, you know? It's just like a magic bag, everything you want, you just pull out. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to the last hour, the last minute, last second for God to come through. To have faith and be like, okay, God, there is no other way. You're it. You're it. God doesn't want to carry us everywhere like babies. Like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to deal with that. No, they hurt you. Come see, Daddy. It's okay. Oh, I hope I didn't do that to my children. I just want to push them out and say, go. See what happens. Run. They go running down the beach. They fall in in the sand. They come up and there's sand on their face. And you're thinking, you know, so many miles. Oh, my gosh, you got to get that sand. I just let them keep going. They're eating dirt, you know, snot's coming down. They're standing there. I'm like, it's good. Have fun. They don't know that sand is annoying on your face because they're like, my mom didn't tell me. Let's just keep going. You know, they get to the water. It comes, you know, just let them run. Let them have some freedom, right? That's what God says. I know that you're going to fall sometimes. I know that you're going to make some bad choices. That's okay. I can handle that. He said, I can handle that. So we don't have to worry about that. God can handle that. We might not be handling it very well. You know, especially if you're a parent, sometimes we're thinking, I want to do everything for my kids. Mm, God didn't, so I don't want to do that. He doesn't want to manage everything in our lives. He allows us to go through deserts so we can have victory. There's no victory without a battle. Just fighting here. <laughs> you know, that's, that just makes you look crazy. You know, when you're complaining about how hard your life is and you got this great life and someone next to you is like, you don't even know. You have no idea. Right? No, you want someone to say, oh, my God. You want someone to have empathy for you and then also say, you're going to get through this. Let me tell you about the God I serve and what he does. That's the truth right there. You know, it can, and we make it sound so easy. So I'm going to give you a couple stories. You tell me which one you like, okay? So, so, you know, let's say I was pregnant. I'm going to talk about pregnancy. So what if my first pregnancy 
with Layla, if I said, oh my gosh, I just love this. I feel good all the time. It's so great. I love being pregnant. I barely gained a pound. I look wonderful. My nails and skin and hair and everything is so good. You know, I, I could fit into my clothes. You know, my labor was so easy and awesome. Like, it's just so great. How's that going to be to someone who's struggling with that? That was not my pregnancy. Everything, the opposite of that times like a thousand was my pregnancy. And these women would come up and they, you know, people would be so mean to me and say, why are you so sick? You know, you just need to get over this. And I was like, you're going to see Jesus right now. (laughs) You better be right with him because I am sending you there. If I could run a few times, my problem was I couldn't run. That's why some people are alive today, Matt Richards. <laughs> no, he is really good for me. I did try to run him over, but that, I think that was pregnancy brain. Um, but lucky for him, I was so huge, I got stuck between the steering wheel and the car. He eventually had to come get me out while laughing. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. So, you know, but my pregnancy was, I went through all of these things. You know, I remember just sitting on the floor, even for days in the bathroom. And you know what? Back then I had a tape series. I didn't have even a CD. You know, and I would listen to healing scriptures about my body, about pregnancy, what God wanted 24 hours a day. I had to because you know what? If I wasn't listening to that, my mind was going somewhere and I knew that that child would not be born. And thing after thing, they're like, she's dead. You've got to have an abortion. You know, we got to, you know, oh, she's going to have this and this and this, and you have this. And, but I would listen to that, and I'd have to, the only time I got up from the bathroom floor, I had a pillow and a blanket. I mean, this was real. Like, days I wouldn't leave the bathroom. And I would get up, and I would just flip the tape over, because <laughs> you had to do that. So every hour, I would just be like, you know, and I, I did that because I needed to build my faith. I needed to say, God, you've got to get me through this, because I don't even want to go through this anymore. I was in a desert season. I literally, you know how desert season it was? I couldn't drink water. If I drank any water, a sip of water would make me violently sick and I would end up in the hospital. So the entire nine months of pregnancy, I couldn't have water with her. Now tell me that ain't a desert season. I literally could not have water, you guys. She's made of potato wedges and Coke. That's it. That's all she has. I mean, you put those things together, they're beautiful. Look at her. I mean, I'm not condoning to just eat potato wedges and Coke if you're pregnant, okay? But if that's what you need, it can still turn out good. God can knit it together and, and form it real, real nice. So, you know, but I needed, but I looked at that and I'm thinking, I went through that desert season. So when I wanted to have Lana, I knew it was going to be a girl before I even got pregnant. I was like, I'm ready for another one. And I know I'm not going to go through that again. You know what? Everyone says, you know, sometimes it's just the first pregnancy. You know, it's going to be good. (laughs) This one was double. Yay. But you know what? Because I went through that season, I knew what to do. I knew how to get through it. She's here today because I went through the desert season and I picked up and I built my character. I surrounded people. You know what? They took me to the hospital. I said, you're going to have this baby. And my friend who was supposed to be coming with us, who was going to be praying through the whole thing, she was in another state. And I said, oh, no, you better do something. Put me back home. I'm not having this baby. And finally got in a fight with a doctor and said, you better send this girl home because she's not going to let me deliver this baby. And I said, okay. So I went home for a few days. She came back, went in there. And she was there, and, you know, at the moment that Lana stopped breathing, because all this stuff was going on, and all the doctors, there was, like, so many, I didn't even know what was going on. I probably was not in a good, 
I kind of realized my body was like dying at the moment, but I didn't really know. And like her neck was going to be broken, but the doctors were so worried about me because the cord and my friend, the spirit of the Lord fell on her. She falls back in the seat and she grabs the doctor's leg. And she says, stop. And the doctor yells, stop. And I'm like, okay. I'm so, like, and her life, because I went through a desert season and I knew how to hear the word of the Lord in a desert season. I have two children and not one because of that. But if I would have been in the oasis, I'd have been like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God, I can't do this. I had those moments, and Matt would be like, suck it up, Nancy. And then I would go to someone else. You guys, Matt told me to suck it up. Oh. <laughs> I remember when he did tell me that, and I started crying. Oh. And then I ate some pancakes. It felt better. <laughs> but I needed that. You know, I wouldn't have known how to handle bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. It would have engulfed me. I wouldn't have been prepared for that. But man, I was like, don't you tell me that something's wrong with this baby. And my doctor was a great doctor, and she said, I've seen this woman's faith. Don't tell her nothing like that. Like, I almost punched the nurse, but then the doctor's like, you need to leave, because she was speaking against what I was speaking. I was like... One of us is going to stop speaking, and it's not going to be me. <laughs> so she got escorted out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I have my child, and she doesn't. Because I was like, I know what God is doing, and don't think that you're going to be like, it's okay, it's okay, just sit in this oasis. I'm like, I am in a battle right now. I need some character to get through it. I need some armor. Woo! This is good. I look at things. You know, we have things like divorce. It's rampant everywhere because we want to live in the way. I'm going to be just married happily ever after. It's Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. No, it's not. Have you seen their measurements? Those aren't even real. Like Shrek, that's a real happily ever after. That's real. There is snot, there is puke, there's green stuff coming everywhere, there's a dragon, you know. Now that's, there's a donkey, and which is the annoying child that goes, hey, what's up, what's up, what are you doing now, 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 I love you, you know what I mean? That's a real story. We don't live in the, marriage is not an oasis. We love it, it's good, I have joy, I love being married, I would, you know. If you're called to be single, great. If you're called to be married, great. But you know what? We get in thinking it's going to be this fairy tale. It is not a fairy tale. It takes work. You might be going through desert season at the same time, and who's going to pick you up and carry you? Because they're in the desert too. They're fighting you for the water. They're like, you don't know how bad it is for me, how bad it is for me. But you know, that's why we end up there with families. They didn't prepare to go through the desert. They put on the white gown. They walk down the aisle. Every problem I ever had is going to be gone. (laughs) You need to quit watching TV. Because all of a sudden, you don't realize that your mom and dad were the money fairy. Oh, groceries. Oh, they appeared. You know? Oh, this bill. That was mom. And you're like, how did this happen? How was there bills? I didn't know these things existed. There's no money fairy. It was mom and dad all the time, guys. It was mom and dad. 
It's hard. It is hard. But we never access our, we don't even know how sometimes to access our faith. Because we've always found someone else or something else to take care of us. Our parents, you know, our job, our bank account, our family, the government. You hitched a ride on someone else's faith camel and all you did while you were going through the desert season is taking selfies. Hey guys, hey guys. You know what I mean? You're on someone else's camel that prepared to go through the desert. Okay, God let you do that once. Okay? You're like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, just get on there, camel. They got it, you know. You know, watch what happens, okay? But you're too busy taking selfies. You're being so, that you don't realize I'm supposed to be watching what's happening in this season. Because I'm going there next. And I don't even own a camel. Who's taking me through the desert? That's it, your feet, you're walking, you're going. It's your desert season. Prepared you. I look at during the Depression, many wealthy people committed suicide. You know why? They, they had no idea how to go through a desert. But the working class, the poor, they knew how to have faith in hunger, in lack. When there was no other options, they already knew that the, they knew how to get through. They knew that their faith was going to get them through. They knew how to go through hungry and, and without anything. But the rich were like, who's going to do this for me? And I just feel that how many people's lives or generations were ended because nobody taught those people. God blessed them. I believe God put his hand and they were wealthy for a reason. But everyone wanted to take care of them. You know, they'd been taken care of their whole life. Never went through a desert. They hit the first desert where no one can save them except through except through Jesus. Yeah. And here it's like, what do we do? These people, they've been living like that forever. They're like, oh yeah, we go to, hunger, hung, to bed hungry all the time. But we have lack every day. If we don't have lack, we think, whoa, what's happening? You know? I'm living in the matrix at this moment. I don't know. There is this inner, you know, it feels like, oh, I would love to live in Oasis. We all think, oh, I want to be on vacation. You know, it's fun being on vacation, but, you know, after about a week, you're like, where do you want to go? Home. You want some real life, okay? I don't want to eat donuts every day. You think you do, but after you eat them for a while, you're like, I can't take any more sugar. Give me a salad, right? Yeah, you just can't. You know, because... Oh, but you think the Oasis is great, but your family's not there with you. You know, do you really want to be just everything is about you all the time? Your needs are met watching everybody else. We think living the oasis, having someone wait on us hand and foot and having every need met is great. There's no character in that. There's nowhere to build character for that. There's this inner desire to succeed, to create in us, to explore, to have something to live for and fight for. That's why we live in America. That's why people want to live here. We had people that said, I want to fight. I give my life. You know what? I could have done a hundred other things. I could have not enlisted. There could have been all these things. But I say, there is something to live for here. Yes. Being held up in a mansion by yourself, nothing to live for. That's what that oasis is. Everything's perfect. There's nothing to live for. There is an inner desire. We want to have something to live for, to succeed at, to fight for. You know? 
It's like playing Candyland. After a while, it's boring when you're an adult. Ding, 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 dong, dong, dong. You know what I mean? You want to play like fun games, right? You want to move. You want to have something that you can win at. You grow. You don't play the same things and do the same things you did when you were three and four years old. They're not so much fun. I'm not going to play Barbies anymore. You know what I mean? No, I do that in real life. I pay bills, take care of children, clean the house, okay? I don't need to play that. That's good. If there's nothing to live for, why should we live? So I couldn't find exact um, stats, but this is from 1980 1990. There were 384,000 um, suicides, okay? So in each year it, it went up. So when you average that out, it's about 20,000 in 1980, and I'm, I'm averaging higher than it probably was. Um, so I'm saying there's about 20,000 suicides in the United States, okay? And um, so... Because that's, that's when 1980s, about the time the generations where parents are like, I've got to do everything for my kids. I can't let them have lack. I've got to give them everything because I never had. You know, I've got to take care of them. Helicopter, 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 helicopter. It's never my kids' fault. They're not responsible for anything. We've seen that in, our, in, in the United States, right? Wait, I didn't get what I wanted. I mean, we're seeing adults now, and you're like, all I want to do is just get on TV and say, suck it up, Nancy. Yes. Right? Because we're thinking, I've been living in the desert and you're complaining because, you know, you're out of grapes in the oasis. Mm -hmm. Because no one's responsible for their actions. Just run back to mommy and daddy to take care of me. Someone will take care of me. Government will take care of me. So in 2016, there were 43,000 suicides. That's more than double. More than double. That is a huge jump. This is the second leading cause of people under the age of 44. So not people that are not sick and, and things like that. These are healthy people. Kids, young people. Why is that? Because when they get to the desert, they're like, I don't know what to do. They've never been there because mom and dad have carried them on their own camel through the desert or somebody else or somebody else or the government or whatever it is. Yeah. All of those things are great. I love having a mom and dad. You know, when there is need, you know what? I hope that there are people that will help you at times. But man, there's no character in that. You need an opportunity to build some character so you can grow up. Put people in a bubble. You know, even in the church, we're like, oh, you were hurt. Let me just tell me about all the bad stuff. No, get over it. Hurt lasts a moment. You need to say, you know what? I was hurt. How am I going to move forward? Quit making camp in the desert. You don't have to live there forever. You're supposed to be going through the desert season. What is through? This is an action word, okay? Going through. I'm walking, okay? I'm moving. I am not standing still. I'm going through because when we don't teach that to the next generation that how to have faith and believe that god is who he said he is we just stole that from the next generation we took that you know we blame it on that generation how did they know if we never taught them
if we take care of them and they never see reality, you know, when you're not there, what, how are they going to know that nobody brings the grapes for you? That, you know, that there is somebody, they think they just fall from the sky. No, there's some, someone has to do that job. We need purpose and hope and value. When everybody gets a trophy, there's no value in that. Look, I got a trophy for smiling. Oh my gosh. I got a ribbon for doing nothing. I just stood there where everyone else ran the race, but everybody gets a ribbon. God is like, I don't even know what to do with this child. Like, how are they going to make it through the sprint? How are they going to make it through this next season? He's like, I'm trying to put them in the desert, and they just keep going, pick them up, get them to, here we go, it's okay, I got you, don't you listen to God, he's just making you, I mean, I mean, it's, that's how we act, like God is putting us through this because he hates us, he's, he's saying, I'm preparing you, I love you so much, and I am with you in those seasons, I am preparing you, I love you so much, I don't want you to be a statistic, I want you to have value and a destiny and a purpose. That's why you're doing this. That's why you're going through this. Because what I have for you can't be found in that oasis so far back. We have to have victory. We need to create that warrior inside us, inside the people around us. You know, they can't steal my joy. can't defeat me. You can't hijack my influence. If God's bringing me, then he's going to be go before me. And you know what? I always think in those seasons, when I'm in lack and all this, all I see is people who got everything, Right? And I'm always like, God, why? This is, you know, why, you know, their kids get this and they have this and they have this opportunity after this opportunity. And God says, Sarah, stop, because that's not where I'm taking you. And so don't take your mind there. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> because, you know, that's what we do. We start trying to go down someone else's life and God's like, that's not what I have for you. Because they're living in the wastes. I can't use that. I can't use them when they're there. They're on a break. They're in the rest season. They're living there. I need people who are ready to go out and do battle and be victorious. Because I got souls that are out there that need to know who I am, who their creator is. Oh, that's awesome. I want to be like, I call them Chad, Rad, and Benny, but you all know who I'm talking about in the fiery furnace. Their names are just long. I want to be like them that even if God doesn't, I know I am where I am and I'm going through and I have a testimony. So man, I may never be a millionaire. But if I do, God knows that that money is going to go right back around to what he's he's doing. But even if he doesn't, I know I can have joy and then I am where I am and I have a testimony. You know, my pregnancy testimony, it was horrific to live through that i mean i was sick it's having the flu basically for nine months and then bad news upon bad news every day but you know what that testimony 
is when I talk to other people who, you know, are pregnant or getting there, I'm like, you know what, no matter what, God raised, Layla was dead, they had no heartbeat. And I say, it doesn't matter the report that the doctor gives you. She's alive, so don't tell me that there isn't a God. That's a testimony. So when someone gets bad news, we had someone here a few weeks ago, a friend of ours, a while back, they said, oh, your baby's not going to live. And I said, you know what? Until that baby is gone, gone, you don't. You stand in what God says, and you add the room, and you do what you need to do. I said, because you know what? They would have had me get rid of both of my children. But I, I said, and I understand, medical is amazing. I love them. They helped me so much. They did. I would not. But I'll tell you what. They are second in command. Because I say, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, Sarah, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. I said, okay, my kids are guaranteed long life. And me and Matt stood on that and I said, you know what? The doctors said no. They said this isn't going to happen. You know, they didn't even want me to have a second child, any of this stuff. And I said, but God said, but God said, and I may be in the desert, but man, the fruit. Look at this fruit. They're beautiful. <laughs> Guys are so beautiful. Sorry. I will tell you my kids are beautiful, awesome, amazing, wonderful, the best thing that ever happened to our lives ever, a million times over. Because they're a testimony, and their lives, before they were even born, brought people into right relationship with their Creator. So your, your desert testimony is someone else's um, door to salvation.